So glad that you guys came today. Uh, before, we, before we jump into to vision, let's look back to a week ago, Sunday. Guys, how about those Chiefs? Oh, man. They, they keep it interesting. They like keep it interesting, but that was a good game. That was awesome. Kansas City, a lot to be excited about. Um, well, hey, we are... Uh, we're in a series uh, in the book of Matthew where we've been just talking about Matthew's, Matthew's giving us this firsthand, uh, close-up interaction with Jesus. And I just thought we'd stay in Matthew uh, for vision because one of the things that Matthew was trying to get us to understand is how awesome it is to know who Jesus really is. Like, literally, that's what he's trying to get us to do. Matthew, Matthew is trying to get us to understand something that I believe John records in John 10.10. 10. I love this verse. It's this, a thief is only there to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus is saying this, I came so that they can have real. Everybody say real. And eternal. Everybody say eternal. Eternal life. More and better life than they ever dreamed of. I really believe that's God's heart for us. And I believe that that's what Jesus came to show us. Jesus came to help us to experience that. That's what he said. He said, I came that you could experience it. And I love that he says real and eternal because real is contrasted to the fakeness that is our world, right? Like so much of what our world says is, is valuable, really isn't substantial. And Jesus is saying, I came to give you real life that lasts forever. And that's a good thing. And what Matthew is, Matthew is a good friend who wants to help us find that good life. He's, he's like a friend who, who finds a new fitness tra uh, uh, fad and he wants you to experience it. Anybody have a friend like that? You know, they get on a new diet and they're just like, oh, you gotta try this, this is amazing, it will change your life. Anybody have a friend? Just raise your hand if you have a friend like that. How many of you are that friend? Anybody just raise your hand like, I'm not gonna lie, I'm kind of that friend. Like. Whatever, like, if I get a new deal, I can't wait. Like, oh, this coffee, it's amazing. You have to try it. It'll change your life. Um, th this is Matthew. Matthew is trying to get us to understand, but it's not just a fad that he's trying to get us to understand. He's trying to get us to understand the point of everything. Like, the point why you're here, the point of life. He wants you to understand who God is and what God has for you. And it's all about helping people find and follow Jesus. That's it. That's the point. The point is helping people find and follow Jesus. And I want to take a look at Matthew chapter 28. So we're going to kind of go to the end of Matthew's gospel today. I know we're only like a few chapters in in our study. But I want to jump to the end, Matthew chapter 28. Because what, what Jesus does here is before he, this is after he's resurrected from the dead. And this is before he ascends to heaven. He gets his disciples together and he gives them something that we've known as the Great Commission. And it's this, it's this mandate to go into all the world. And I want to read this together with you. Matthew chapter 28. Then the 11 disciples, starting at verse 16, went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw, them, when he, when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. I love how honest the Bible is, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, if you know if the Bible was trying to make all of them look better than they were, it would have left that out. But how many of you know the Bible is full of real people on a real journey? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, and so, so the Bible includes that. And, we, and I think it's important for us to talk about that. Because we've never tried to be perfect 
people. Uh, we're, We're moving towards the one who is perfect, but we're imperfect people on an imperfect journey. And as you move towards him, he changes you in the process. And sometimes you have moments of great faith where you're worshiping him, and sometimes you doubt a little bit, but it's about being on the journey. And that's exactly what happens with the disciples and what happens in our own life. Verse 18, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. Everybody say go. And make disciples. Everybody say make disciples. This is it. This is what he says. This is the point. Now that you've heard everything, now that you've been walking with Jesus for three years, you've seen the miracles, you've seen him literally raised from the dead, he called his shot, he did it. And now that you've experienced all of this, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Comes down to these two things, go and make disciples. If you're taking notes, I want you to just write that down. Go and make disciples. This is is Jesus's mission statement, ascending declaration for the disciples of Jesus. And it's not just for the 11 disciples who were there. It's for all of us. So if you're a follower of God, this is for you. If if God has changed your life, if God has done anything in your life at all, then this is for you. What God is telling you and me today is to go and make. Come on, tell someone next to you, go and make. You need to go and make a disciple. And the way we, we talk about that here at Summit Park is kind of our mission statement. We say this, we exist to help people find and follow Jesus. That's, that's what we're doing. We're fulfilling the Great Commission by helping people find and follow Jesus. Once you find him, you follow him. But you can't follow him until you've found him. And that's what our job is, to help people connect the dots. Help people understand what this whole thing uh, called life is all about and what it means and, and how to experience it. And, it. and it looks like finding where God is moving and partnering with him to do just that. So one of the verses that we share every year at Vision Sunday is Proverbs 29, 18. And it says this, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. Have you ever have you ever been like up late in, you know in the dark and you're you're tripping over you know the bed you're tripping over Legos left on the floor anybody ever had that moment you're stumbling all over yourself it doesn't feel good to stumble what what the writer of proverbs is saying that's what life is without god it's kind of like you're just you're stumbling through the dark because you can't see what god is doing but watch this but when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. I love that. Most blessed. Some of you will remember Bill and Ted from back in the 80s. That kind of sounds like something Bill and Ted would say, most blessed. You know, like most. Like they are most blessed. God wants you to be most blessed. How do we experience that? How do we experience that? It's by finding what God is doing and being there. And so one of the verses I love, I think this is what Paul the Apostle is talking about in Galatians chapter five. He says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. The idea, I really believe, this is how God works. God's Spirit is moving all throughout 
the world. God's spirit is moving here today. God wants to move in your life. He wants to speak something to you. He wants to speak a word of encouragement. He wants to speak a word of conviction. He wants to speak a word of challenge, of purpose, of grace, of freedom. That's what God wants to do. That's what he is doing. But what we have to do is align our hearts with that, find it, and follow it. And as we do, we are most blessed. We keep in step with the Spirit. And it all comes down to partnering with, with Jesus in his great commission. So I want to I give you two, two parts to this. I want to just break that down. It's very simple today. And what I want to do is show you how, as a church, we collectively are doing this. All right, I want to show you how we are doing this. We are going and making disciples and then I want to encourage you to jump in and be a part. And we're going to watch this great story of life change at the end that will encourage us to do the same. So uh, if you're ready to jump into some vision, say I am. All right. First of all, go. You got to go. You got to go. The word there is poriumai and, uh, in the Greek, and it means to travel or to go out. So literally just means to get going. That's what Jesus is saying. He's like, hey, I'm getting ready to leave, so get going. You, you got to move. And in order to go, you can't stay where you are. I don't know if parents can relate to this, but my parents, or I'm sorry, my kids have this disease that uh, will suddenly come on them in different points in, in their life where it'll just, it'll just come on them and it just takes over all of their like lower half of their body and they just their legs stop working any parents ever been there where the legs just stop working could be at home could be in the middle of target and just into a puddle on the floor ah, my legs won't work and no amount of prodding will you know it's like what no Kit Kats, that's the secret, Kit Kats. Kind of like a dog, you just, come on, come on. If, if you, in order to get going, you can't stay where you are. I wanna challenge all of us today. In order to get going, we can't stay where we are. You have to go. You gotta get moving. You gotta get partnering with God. You gotta, you gotta go be a part of what he's doing. I think sometimes we want to sit, we want to stay, we want to just watch. But God is calling all of us to go, to get going, to get moving, to find what God is doing. And, and part of this is going to the world. And that's why at Summit Park, we believe in mission trips. So, you know, praise God, the pandemic is done and we can travel again. You are free to move about the country again, praise the Lord and the world. So mission trips, we're gonna be doing that. We're going to South Africa this year. We're going to Central America this year and we're going to the LA Dream Center this year. So if you would like to be a part of any of those trips, we would love to have you be a part of it. It's gonna be fantastic. Take a step, go, partner with us. Let's go do something. Let's make a difference. Let's get out there. Let's go to our world. Let's go to the world and then let's go to our world, our neighbors. Our coworkers, that, that has everything to do with love your neighbor. So we have things that are happening every month in our city, outreach opportunities, cold water, harvesters, Habitat for Humanity, Lazarus Ministries. We have opportunities for you to help those who are in need of help. 
physically to partner with us on a Saturday or on a weeknight to go and make a difference. Literally, being the hands and feet of Jesus, God has called us to do this. God has called us to be this, and it involves going. And you can't go if you're sitting on the couch watching the eighth episode of your favorite Netflix show. You have to go. But that's where the life is. I want to encourage all of us to understand that's where the life is. When you get out and you start walking in faith in the deep end of the pool and seeing God do something amazing. So I want to encourage you to be a part of that. Also, serve day. Mark your calendars. August 12th. This past year, we, had, we, we talked about it in the video. We had over 300 people partner with us to be a part of Serve Day. This year, I'm praying for 1,000 people. Wouldn't it be cool? Wouldn't it be cool? What a difference we could make in the city for the name of Jesus. When people ask, why are you doing this? Because God loves me. And God's done so much in my life. And I can't help but not give back in some way. I want to encourage you. Be a part of Serve Day. August 12th. Put it on your calendars. It's going to be amazing. So that's the go part of what we're doing. Then there's the make disciples part. That word, make disciples, um, even the word disciple is connected to make disciples. And in, 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 the, in the Greek, it's matheteo, and it means to make followers. So, so what we're doing is we're not, we're not just attending church. We're, we're becoming more like our leader, more like our savior. And that's what happened with Jesus. And, and, and Jesus was the older person with disciples in that day. A lot of people would have had disciples, and those disciples would, they would talk like their teacher or act like their teacher. They would, they, they, started, they started looking and acting and sounding a lot like their teacher. Have you ever seen that with friend groups before? Like you get around a certain group of people, they say the same things, and they dress the same way. We kind of have a little bit of that here at Summit Park. We have a little bit of that. We, have, like, we say the same things. Some of the things we say is, let's go. Let's go. We're big into like, let's do this. Let's go. Or another thing we say is so good. Right? Have you heard that before? So good. And then, and then I, I ran out. That's those only ones. And then, then someone in the crowd in first service said, um, come on, somebody. They said, come on, somebody. I, I guess I don't know if we say that. <laughs> and now we're going to say most blessed. That's going to be part two. Jesus' disciples they, they, they did more than talk like him and dress like him. They started acting like him because they were following him. So we're, we're finding him and then we're following him. You know, some people, they, they want to do the find, but they don't want to do the follow. So they come to church and they're just saved enough to make it. Just to make it into heaven. And some people are okay with that. Like, I bless God, I shoot, I'm, I found him. But I'm going to live the way I want. And you know what happens? They, have a, they, they don't experience the freedom from living in the kingdom. Because, because it's about finding and following. It doesn't stop at find. It starts with find. And in order, to, in order to really experience freedom, you've got, to ex- you've got to truly follow him. You can't be fully free unless you truly follow. And it looks like increasingly bringing more and more of our life under kingdom rule, under Jesus' lordship. A-, a lot of us wonder why we don't have 
the, the peace. We don't have the grace. We don't have the favor on our life that we would want or maybe we see in other people. And the reality is, a lot of times, it comes down to us bringing ourselves under his lordship in greater ways. And if you, want, if you want kingdom freedom, you have to experience kingdom rule. And so what we want to do is help you grow. We want to help you become a disciple. And then we want to help you make disciples. And so the, the way we do that here is the first way, the, the, the best way is through small groups. Small groups. It's the, it's the heartbeat of our church. It's where, it's where you can dig deep into the word of God and take the stuff that we talk about on Sundays and, 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 and go further with it. You write down the verses or we'll, we'll have, you know, the sheets for you where you can reference them and, 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 and talk about the, the scriptures and the verses and questions. We've had questions for you, get in a group where you can talk about what you're learning and you can break that stuff down and, and start going deeper in it and say, okay, this is how it applies to me. And you can also be real a little bit in a group, right? How many of you know you can't get really real with the people in your row? Or in the people in line at the, you know, at the coffee bar, you know, like, because you don't know them, right? And it'd be really weird if you just started like, excuse me, sir, I, I, I know we don't know each other, but I just thought I could confess my sins to you for a little bit, you know. Um, weird. Don't do that. But in group, in group, it's, it's okay and encouraged. And all of a sudden, you start seeing the freedom that comes from that. You start growing as you get in relationships. Now, I know some of you are like, man, I tried a group, didn't work. I'll encourage you, try another one. You know, number one, nothing lasts forever, you know. So, like, sometimes you get in a group and it's just enough to get you a little bit further. You get in another group and it gets you a little bit further. And somebody's like, well, I tried, the, I tried a group. Okay, try another one. You'd be like, well, I tried the second one. We'll try a third one, you know. And you're like, well, I, honestly, I tried a third one. It didn't work. Okay, try a fourth one. And some of you are like, well, <laughs> crazy enough, I tried a fourth one. It didn't work. And you're, Try a fifth one. And, you know, it, it, and if you're like, man, I tried the fifth one, and the fifth one didn't work, then try some therapy because the problem is you, okay? That's all I'm saying. I'm just saying. It's okay. It's okay. Just get the therapy and then try another group. But it really is important. I want to encourage you. Push past that, that awkwardness of that, oh, man, I, I don't know anybody. Get in there. We all need each other. We all need people in our lives that can encourage us, that can challenge us, that can call us up, that can call us out, that can help us out. Get in a group. It's the number one way we disciple people here. Number two, core night. Last year we started something called core night where we have classes on Tuesday nights well, we are, we are equipping you to find and follow Jesus in greater, greater ways. We, we have Alpha class, which is an amazing class on learning more about the Bible, learning more about the basics of our faith. Then Living Free, we have Living Free, which is about finding freedom from addictions and thoughts and thinking patterns and just experiencing God's uh, freedom in your life. And so I encourage you to go through those classes. We started Growth Track last year on Tuesday nights. It was awesome. We only had three rooms available, so we could only have three classes. And so we had the kids, we had the kids rooms, and then we had three other rooms. So we had three classes. But now we have the ministry center. Come on, somebody. <laughs> so we've moved Growth Track to Sunday mornings at 1045. 
And so that means we have more room for classes on Tuesday nights. So I'm really excited to announce we are starting a parenting class on Tuesday nights. And all the parents said, help me, Jesus. Because we all, parents, we need help, right? I think parenting is one of the most challenging things I've ever experienced. Like truly, starting a church, nothing compared to parenting. (laughs) Truly. Like it's just challenging because God cares. God's a good father and he wants us to be good parents to our kids. But how many of you know the devil lives in our kids, lives in them? (laughs) So we need help. So we're going to have a parenting class. We're going to go through a great, some great material that's going to help just coach, and then we can have some great discussions around parenting. And then we're also going to be doing an Enneagram class, all right? So uh, many of you have heard about the Enneagram. If you haven't, it's a, it's a way of understanding uh, your, your drive, what kind of what drives you, what compels you. And we're, we're uh, having a, an expert, a local expert, who was a pastor for many years in the Kansas City area, who we have used at Summit Park with our staff before and has been a tremendous help to us. And then Jen and I have done some ongoing sessions with him and he's absolutely amazing. It was a game changer for our marriage and I've recommended him multiple times and everybody who goes and sees him has a great experience. He's gonna be coming and teaching and uh, there will be, uh, I think six sessions, six or eight sessions uh, for season two. Uh, of Cornite. So I want to encourage you to do that. That would be a great way to grow. We want to equip you. We want to help you grow. And this would be one of the ways that we do that. All right. All right. For men, where uh, the fellas, where are my dogs at? Come on, fellas. I've never been more proud. Never been more proud. Um, men's breakfast. We've already done two of these and they've been absolute fire. They've been amazing. And if you've missed that, I want to encourage you to be there. It's eggs, bacon, and Jesus. That's it, all right? It's amazing. And it's, it's dudes around tables listening and then encouraging each other. There's a prayer component. It's powerful. And it's just there's something about it. I want to encourage you to, to be a part of this. Our next one is April 1st. We'll have Scotty Gibbons with us. And it's going, to be, it's going to be fantastic. I want to encourage you to be a part of that. It's going to be really, really great. Then men, also Stronger Men's Conference, April 28th and 29th. We are wanting, we've gone before. We've, I think we've gone almost every year. But what we're wanting to do is make this, this a, a connection retreat where you don't attend by yourself and just sit by yourself. Like you, you come and we're a part of a community where we grow, where we connect with each other, spend time encouraging each other, hanging out before and after and really making it an opportunity to grow not only in your relationship with God, but in your relationship with others as well. All right, so, uh, and then for the ladies, girls, where are all the girls at? Thank you for not barking because that would have been weird and scary and a little bit scary. Um, Girls, we, we are starting something brand new this year. Very excited. We've been praying about this for years. But Sisterhood Socials, where, where we're going to be getting gatherings of 40 to 50 girls in homes in our church. So it's going to be an opportunity for girls to get together. There will be uh, a fun component, a game component, food. Uh, there will be activities, connection components, so that people will get a chance to meet each other. And then there will be like a, a short devo that we do as a church that we send out that, that, the, uh, that will have people who are leading devos there in the home. We'll have uh, opportunities uh, for people to lead out in testimony. We'll have uh, opportunities for for girls to lead out in prayer. This is going to be a great opportunity for 
uh, it's kind of a, a mid-level in between our larger events and our small groups for girls to get connected and to grow in their leadership and their teaching ability. So I'm very excited about this. It's gonna be something that we've been wanting to do for years and we're gonna be launching that. Our first one is gonna be May 5th, all right? So uh, the cool thing about this is it's completely scalable. So the, the ladies' events always pack out and we have a set limited number of, of uh, people that can fit in here, obviously. And the connection can struggle when you're all packed into a room. But what we can do if we spread out in homes all, all over the place, not, not, we will do the big event as well at times. But if we spread out, we can scale that. We can scale that and have an infinite number of, of gatherings. So we're hoping, we're hoping for at least 10 for this first one. That'd be four to 500 girls which would be really amazing. And then you could double that. Then you could double that. Then you could double that and never run out of opportunities for girls to connect and grow in their leadership and in their teaching opportunities. So we're really excited about that. Design for Life. We're also going to the conference, everybody. We're doing Conference One, which is October 12th through 14th. And again, we want this to be a connection retreat for you to grow in your relationship with God and in your connection with others. Okay. So those are some of the ways that we are going and making disciples. What I want to just encourage you with for a few moments before we watch this story is that every way that God wants to move in your life is going to look like a step. It's going to look like you taking a step. And that will be a step of faith. Maybe it's something that you've already been doing and it's just a step of faith to continue doing that. Or maybe it's something new that God wants you to do. It will be a new step of faith. Or it will be a, a step of obedience. Where you're like, God, this is what you're asking me to do. This is uncomfortable. This would be challenging for me. But I'm willing to do it because I believe that your way and your will is ultimately and always best for me. So I'm willing to take a step of obedience. It's going to look like a step. Everything throughout all of history looks like this. Taking a step to follow God in greater ways. And I wanna encourage you to be praying about what your step is. Maybe it's getting in a group. Maybe it's starting a group. Maybe it's being a part of one of the men's or women's events. Maybe it's going on an outreach. Maybe it's going on a mission trip. What does God have for you? Maybe it's partnering financially. What does God have for you? I promise you this that as you take your obedient step of faith, God will meet you there and he will do more than you could have ever imagined. That's how this works. More and better life than you ever dreamed of. Real and eternal life. That's what Jesus came to bring. That's not pie in the sky. That's real. If you wanna talk about real faith, that's what it looks like. It doesn't look like us being comfortable. How many of you know the goal of life is not just more comfort? Because you can have a lot of comfort and be miserable, right? You can have everything that this world says is worth having, big house, bank full of money, all of the opportunity in the world, and be miserable because you're playing it safe and you're not seeing God use you. But if you step out into what God has for you, then look out because God can do amazing things and he will if it's an obedient step of faith. I wanna just share a couple examples of some people in our church that have experienced this in amazing ways. And I pray that it'll be a great encouragement for you. So let's, let's take a minute, let's watch this and then we'll get together and pray. 
I had an interesting childhood. I was born on a hippie commune in New Mexico. Free spirits and hippies and drug users and lots of other people came to try to build a little community where they could be free and do all the things they wanted to do. When I was a few years old, some missionaries ministered to my parents in the hippie commune and that's, that's where they got saved. After that, everyone in our family got saved. My mom led me to the Lord when I was five years old. When I was in college, I came home uh, to live with one of my roommates from college. He went to church uh, with Sarah, and then that summer, he, he introduced me to her. We were friends for a couple of years before we got married. We got married in 1993, and we had four children and raised them and became Empty Nest in 2017. We moved to Lee Summit on June the 14th, 1985, and we attended Lee Summit First Church that night for the first time. When we came out here that first Sunday, I remember driving by seeing a sign from the highway that stated, future home of Lee Summit First Assembly of God Church. We served for 25 years at Lee Summit First Assembly before the possibility of merging with Summit Park. Growing up for me was hard. I was born to teenage parents. They were into drugs, alcohol. My dad uh, went away uh, to prison, so I didn't see him very often. We were really poor. We didn't have food to eat. Uh, I remember sleeping on bed crates. Our house got raided. I can't tell you how many times putting my mom in handcuffs and watching that. The pain that I went through was something I'm still dealing with, um, even to this day. We were sitting at Summit Park, and the message that we heard that day was the story of the, the ruler who, who gives the talents to his servants. All of us are different, and we have unique gifts, unique backgrounds, unique skill sets, and God, no matter what they are, we can't just sit back and you know, rest on what we have. God calls us to use them and uh, move our lives forward. We were starting to think about our empty nest and what that would mean. And then God just set us on a totally different path. God was really just saying, hey, there's, there's more. He has stuff for me to do and for us to do. It was brought to the board to consider the merger and we had a unanimous vote, really felt like that this was God's direction for this time. We needed a spark in our church. If it wasn't for the church, I definitely uh, would be in a different situation. This guy named Mark, he was a nightclub owner. My mom was a frequent visitor of the nightclub on the weekends. Thankfully, God had redeemed Mark at seven years old. He offered to uh, take my sister and I to church. It 
started to change my life. All of a sudden on Sundays, I had this normalcy and I had these people that loved me and that told me about this God that loved me. It changed everything. I was eight years old when I first accepted Christ. I felt like if I got to know this God that he was gonna make sure that everything was okay for me. We were literally empty nesters for uh, a few months. Three months. Three months till we felt the call and God put, put this on our hearts. And then in sort of a miraculous um, series of events, we went from that call to having four beautiful children placed in our home within a couple of months after that. And uh, the, eventually we adopted those four, four children, our youngest, we call, what we call our younger four children. I've just learned that I just need to keep saying yes to the next step that God has for us. Thinking back, you know, my, there was a missionary called, he took a step, he somehow got out to the mountains of New Mexico and helped lead my parents to the Lord. My parents took that step and because of that, here I am, we are, you know, helping to have an impact on other people. I'm just a regular average person but God can use me and I know he can use each one of us. Seeing how many people are coming to the Lord, that's what it's all about, is to bring new people into uh, the family of God and it's such a blessing every Sunday to know that people are uh, giving their lives to him and I'm just so thankful that uh, he's given me a greater desire to grow in him and be a better servant for the Lord. If our steps played a small part in someone coming to know God, it has been well worth it. My sister and I prayed for a long time that my mom would get saved until I was 12 years old and my mom hit rock bottom. My mom was in um, a court uh, issue over drugs and we were getting ready to be taken away. She had already signed custody over uh, my sister and I to my grandma. God in his timing persuaded the judge to give my mom probation and not send her to prison. We already were involved in a church uh, that had that type of ministry. And so she got plugged in right away um, at our church. From the time I was seven to 12, my Uncle Mark took us to church. From 12 on, my mom started taking us to church. So not only did my Uncle Mark change our lives, but he changed her life. She started leading Women's Overcomers to Christ and helping other women overcome their um, addictions. Our financial situation improved. She went back and got her GED. She went on to get her bachelor's degree. We were no longer living in poverty. And so it was kind of just this aha moment of watching God actually before my very eyes of living this sorrow in the darkness and then coming into the light, we have this freedom that we'd never seen before. Isn't that awesome? Come on, can we thank God for that?
I've been watching those stories uh, all week long, and they still have not lost the impact of seeing what, what, uh, what a simple yes will bring about. And you just, you just never know, right? You just never know. And um, Don and Peggy were in the first service. And I remember, it was just cool having them in the service because I, I remember meeting with the board of Lee Summit First Church. And uh, we had dinner and they were able to ask questions of what, what you know, what is Summit Park about and what are we gonna do? And, and uh, so Jen and I were kind of ready to be grilled, you know, because we knew like what, what could happen. We, we, we knew what could uh, accomplish if we were able to do this. And, and I remember right out of the gate, before the meeting ever even started, Don just came up, shook my hand, introduced himself and said, I am so excited about this. And I, there's so many other ways that could have gone. And it usually goes other ways. But Roger had said yes, so that opened up the opportunity for the board to say yes which opened up the opportunity for the church to vote yes unanimously, by the way, which is absolutely a miracle and amazing. And it's just cool because you see how all of those yeses build on each other for the kingdom, for the kingdom. This, this building, way after you know, we're gone from here, will be a lighthouse for the gospel, for the goodness of God in Jesus' name. And uh, so it's just, one, you know, one person's yes. Or you think about Cedar and Sarah and their story and how a missionary who felt called to reach hippies, right? Can you imagine raising money for that? Like that, you know, him going around, I just want to reach the, the hippies, man. You know, like, so give me your money. Like, can you just imagine, like, I'm like, nah, I think you just want to go hang out with hippies, right? I'm a little scared. But because of that person's step, his family is changed. And because of his and Sarah's step, another family's course of their life, their whole trajectory is changed because of a yes or Dom's story. And I, I, I was talking to Dom before the first service, and I said, there's so many ways your story could have gone and should have gone, and usually goes, but God. God moved. But you know who else moved? Mark, a guy named Mark, a nightclub owner, by the way, named Mark, who saw a single mom who was in trouble and said, I'm gonna start taking your kids to church. And it provided a place of refuge and consistency and stability for he and his sister. And they prayed for their mom to get saved. And then their mom got saved, went through recovery ministry, then started leading recovery ministry. Come on somebody, God is real. God is real. I just think it's so cool to see all of those stories together because how can you not believe? How can you not believe? And then how can, us, how can we not be challenged to take a step? You know, I, think, I do think about Cedar and Sarah. I mean, right across the finish line of being an empty nester. Glory. 
comfort, going where you want, when you want. That's the goal, right? And yet, and yet comfort is not the goal. Calling is the goal. Saying yes to what he has for us, that's the goal. That's where the life is. When you get out of the boat, now again, it's an obedient step of faith, but if you pray, God will lead you. And, and we were talking before, Cedar and Sarah and Jen and I were talking before in this service, and Sarah said, you know, God just makes it, you don't have to, you don't have to wait too long before God will make clear what he wants you to do. You just gotta be paying attention enough. He's very good at making it clear. If you open up your heart and say, God, what do you have for me? What are you wanting me to do? A lot of times it doesn't look like the comfort our flesh wants, but you know what? It looks like the calling our soul is longing for and is made for. Question is, are we willing to step into it? Are you willing to step into your yes? And that's what we wanna do as a church today. Collectively say yes. Whatever God is speaking, and maybe God hasn't spoken anything yet, just, we're just gonna pray that he will and that we'll step into it. Maybe it's a getting in a group, starting a group, coming to Alpha, whatever it might be. We're here to help you do that. And maybe it's even something outside of that. But whatever it is, say yes, because God will meet you there. He will meet you there and he will give you the life that your soul is longing for, amen? Let's stand across this place. I just wanna take a moment uh, collectively as a church and, and let's just pray. And let's invite God. We, we invited him at the beginning of this and we said, Lord, we want your will. Now let's just one more time. Maybe he's already speaking and you gotta be like, oh Lord, maybe he's challenging you to do something. Maybe he's challenging you to foster or adopt or to go on a trip. And you're like, man, that's scary. Whatever he's doing, God will meet you there and he will help you. And it doesn't mean it will be easy, but it will be amazing because it's where God wants you, amen? So let's take a moment. Can we just lift our hands and let's pray. Father, we just, we thank you.